0: What's up, everyone? It's me, AJ, and you're listening to Housewives Happy Hour, and it's time for the Ultimate Breakdown. Welcome back, everyone, to the Ultimate Breakdown. I'm starting with Beverly Hills today. So previously, I've discussed with you guys that Kyle and Kathy are going to have some upcoming issues on Season 12, Kyle recently spoke with Page Six um, in an interview where she said, It's so complicated and complex. All I can say is we're family and we're going to have these moments. She also said, I feel like my sisters and I, we have arguments we make up. We're blood. I don't know if everyone is like that. The fact that we're on television complicates things. Um, So Kyle said that she um, basically... Um, some fans have insinuated that Kyle's issues with Kathy stem from her joining the show, but Kyle says that that couldn't be further from the truth, even though that she admits that she and Kathy appearing on Beverly Hills together has put a strain on the relationship. She said, a lot of people think, wait, are you upset that they put Kathy on the show? And Kyle said, it was my idea. I went to Bravo and said, I think my sister would be great on the show. She's so funny and we're in such a good place. And then I went to Kathy and said, what do you think about being on the show? And she said, I don't know. So it was actually me that pushed for it. Um, on a May 11th episode of Watch What Happens Live, Kyle revealed that she and Kathy had stopped talking due to a rough patch, but that she, um, but that they have uh, reconciled following the recent suicide of their mutual childhood friend. And, uh, despite their rocky past, Kyle admits that she was naive and really thought that she and Kathy would never fight again. She said, I really thought we would never get in an argument again. We didn't talk for so long and it was so painful for us and our children. And I was like, we would never put ourselves in that position again. Um, It's definitely interesting. I mean, like in the preview, we did see there was kind of a moment with Rena and Kyle and Kathy where there was some hostility. Definitely an interesting conversation going on. So it's going to be interesting to see that play out. I mean, we haven't seen Kathy yet so far on the show, so I can't comment much on what we're seeing. So, um, but yeah, I guess stay tuned. Moving on from that, it looks like Erica also did an interview with Page Six where she discussed, um, or I'm sorry, complains about being uh, pummeled over Tom scandals for a year and a half. In the interview, um, basically she's responding to the whole... You know, thing that we saw in the trailer where she said you want to be on the side of the victims because you think that's cool. I don't give a fuck about anybody else but me. However, um, Erica is now saying of course I have empathy for them. I had empathy for them then and I have empathy for them now and I trust that they will be taken care of. I want to be very clear here. I have cooperated fully with everything despite what is out there in blogs or tweets or anything on social media. Please understand that I've cooperated fully. I think you also need to remember that I'm fighting with one hand behind my back. I've watched Walked right up to the line of what I can and cannot say, and so I tend to get frustrated when I've said all I can. And I can't say any more, yet I'm continuously being pressed about it. That's why you see me have an outburst. And let's be honest, that's what they love more than anything is to needle me because they know I can't say anything. I mean, she's not wrong, but I don't really know what it is that she can't say. I mean, can she not say that she feels bad for I don't know, it's just crazy. I mean I guess we'll have to just continue watching it play out i mean the lawsuit is super public so it's just crazy to me that she can't comment on anything um like that anybody has you know questions on and then she expects you know her friends to just be 100 percent on her side it's like they don't even really know what's going on all they're reading is what we're reading so i don't know it's a little bit you know i don't know it's a tricky situation so erica was on the recent episode of watch what happens live i believe it was um Last week or two weeks ago. Um, and she was asked about the rumors that Bethany Frankel heard about her um, her estranged husband, Tom. Um, Erica made an uncalled for dig about Bethany's late ex, Dennis Shields, death. Andy asked Erica about Bethany's claims that she knew via Dennis of Tom's financial and legal troubles long before the former attorney's embezzlement scandal came to light in 2020. Bethany also alleged that Tom owed Dennis $500,000, and Erica said, in the business that Tom was doing, which was a contingent fee, it's not unusual to borrow. She also continued by saying, so while that may be true, there were also loans that were paid off, so I don't really know where Bethany's coming from. And she wrapped that by adding, uh, you know, her guy's dead and my guy's in a home. Uh, Naturally, this dig didn't sit well with Bethany or Dennis's loved ones, including his four adult children. As longtime Bravo fans know, Dennis died in August of 2018 from an accidental prescription drug overdose. So Bethany responded by saying the episode tonight of Bravo Watch What Happens Live was taped. So I don't address the comment you as fans and Dennis's children are hurt, offended and disgusted by. I appreciate your loyalty, heart and compassion. I thought that was a very respectful response. Clearly, it was an insensitive comment. I think it was wrong of Erica to do that for sure. And on the topic of East Coast versus West Coast Housewives, Karen Huger from The Real Housewives of Potomac called out Kyle Richards on Instagram for cropping her out of a photo from NBC Universal Upfronts for BravoCon. So Kyle posted a photo of her, Garcelle, Teresa from Jersey, Giselle from Potomac, Kenya from Atlanta, and Alexia from Miami on Instagram. However, the original photo included Karen, who was cropped out of the picture in Kyle's post. Karen commented on Kyle's now deleted post and said, well, I thought I looked super cute that day. Karen's comment and Kyle's response were captured by Bravo Snarkside before the post was deleted. I took a screenshot of that. Kyle replied, I stole this photo from an IG page and then saw later there is one with you in it. That's why I posted it. That is why I posted it to my story after. Karen seemed to buy Kyle's story and quickly moved on from from the slight. She responded saying, okay, queen, adore you. Um, and then, oh, I'm sorry. Um, Karen said, okay, queen. And then Kyle said, adore you. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think that Kyle really meant anything by that. I mean, Kyle is frequently on Instagram and I see her repost stuff all the time. I highly doubt that she was trying to exclude Karen. So it looks like Garcelle's relationships with Erica and Rinna are currently not on solid ground following the last few seasons of Beverly Hills. Garcelle admitted that her friendships with both Lisa and Erica need work and it doesn't seem like she's rushing to do the work. She said, I haven't talked to Rinna. Um, And Lisa recently accused Garcelle of breaking her promise to not mention her 20-year-old daughter, Delilah, in her recent memoir. Garcelle wrote in her book, One dust-up came when I simply asked Lisa Rinna, whom I have known for years, if she thought that dancing in her underwear on social media had an effect on her daughter's struggles with food. Um, She continued by saying, sorry, It was a heartfelt mom-to-mom sort of question, not meant to body shame anyone. Well, clearly there was a nerve-struck because it ended up with a very direct, very public fuck-off a few days later from her daughter. I would have respected Lisa delivering that message more. Garcelle said that Lisa's reaction to the excerpt was blown out of proportion, and she also denied Erica's claims that she trashed the whole Beverly Hills cast to get publicity for her book. Garcelle said in the interview, everybody calm down, there's no fire here, I really spoke about what I experienced, you know what I mean? And the ladies were on my list of who gets the book beforehand, so if I was hiding something, they wouldn't have gotten the book in the first place. And as for the future of her relationship with Erica, Garcelle said, I've always liked Erica, let's see what happens. You know, Garcelle is like really growing on me. I think that she's like a really great addition to Beverly Hills, because she's almost just like you know, like, a que sera sera type girl, like, where she just, whatever will happen will happen. She doesn't really focus too much on, like, either making things right or knowing. Like, she she has, like, the perfect housewife mentality, you know? Like, she knows exactly what she should say. Um, The only thing I wish she would do more is, rather than being super shady in her confessionals, I think that she should just be outwardly shady in the group. Because I feel like it would help her establish her place a little bit more. But I'm watching her this season and she's still continuing with the Shady Confessionals. But she is inserting herself more and kind of speaking up for other people. So I think that that's really good too. Overall, I think that she's really growing on me. And I think that she's going to be around for a little bit for sure. Um, She has bumps in the road with certain people. But it seems like she's very willing to like work on friendships. And it's not like she's very close minded when she gets into an argument with somebody, and um, I think that the other women like to kind of pick on her, but um, I think she's doing a great job. So in another interview I have with Kyle that she did with E! News, she did admit that every season she considers walking away from the drama. She said, I always say I don't know, and each season I think, well, maybe I can do one more, and sometimes I'm just like, how can I keep doing this, especially when I get really upset like this last season when we ended." She said that when she wrapped filming on season 12, she was sure that it was going to be her last season of Beverly Hills. She said, I was like, there's absolutely no way. I'm done. I'm finished. I want to live my life in peace. I just can't take this. And while Kyle's not set on leaving Beverly Hills just yet, she's keeping all her options open going into season 13. She said, I don't know. I just take it day by day. I... So she's currently the last remaining OG member of the show. And... um I know, like, a lot of people have mixed feelings about Kyle, but I personally feel like she is the glue behind Beverly Hills, and I feel like she should kind of start with it and go with it, you know? Like, I, I think she should, or I'm sorry, start with it and end with it. I don't really see her leaving. I mean, there's no real reason for her to leave. I mean, her issues with... I'm trying to think about this. I mean, her issues with Kathy, like, I haven't really seen them yet, and I don't really know what they're about. But it can't be anything worse than what her and Kim went through. I mean, her and Kim went through so much on the show, and yet she still decided to stay, you know, even through those rough And Kim even came back. And So I don't know. I feel like it's it would—I don't really know what it would take for her to actually leave. So I, I guess we can kind of revisit my thoughts on that once we see what happens with Kathy. But I can't imagine anything that bad happened with Kathy for her to— you know, contemplate leaving the show. And even last year, I mean, Kyle didn't really have a reason to leave. So I don't know. I guess we'll kind of see. All right. So closing out with Beverly Hills. I know you probably thought that I forgot about this, but I'm definitely talking about this. So social media exploded this last week when leaked messages from Rinna emerged. Lisa called Kathy Hilton racist and homophobic in the messages while also hinting about old videos involving Kathy's adult children using racial slurs. Lisa wrote, I can't even look at Kathy, it's so hideous, and here's the thing, if you're going to be on a reality show, honey, and you're a homophobic racist, you probably should have stayed home. We usually run the liar's narcissists off, so we have some work to do. Um, Rinna also then urged fans to do some Googling, noting that the Hilton kids have been caught on video using slurs, and that they got it from their mama, those words have been thrown around before. She also said, one thing I can tell you, they got it from their mama, so when it all starts coming out... Do some Googling and see where those words have been thrown around before. It's all in the family, honey, and they're going to try to cover it up big time. I mean, it's already been out in press, but years ago. Meanwhile, more tea is emerging about Kathy's alleged season 12, Mount Down in Aspen. All of the claims are alleged. Keep in mind, uh, because Kathy has obviously denied what's going on, and so has Sutton, apparently. So according to the source... Um, Beverly Hills cast was at a club in Aspen when Kathy called the bouncer or a DJ the N-word and also called another worker a, um, you know, an F-word, homophobic slur, because she wasn't getting VIP treatment. Apparently, she had a tantrum, which is when Lisa pulled her out and they went to Kyle's house. When they got back to the house, Kathy reportedly had a full-on fit where she was screaming and yelling. During the tantrum, Kathy said that she hated Kyle and called her all kinds of horrible names behind her back. As Kathy's outburst continued, co-stars locked themselves in their rooms because they were so scared. Kathy went MIA from the group after the trip and didn't attend the finale party. On top of that, Kathy sent out cease and desist to to the media, telling them not to talk about the incident, and told Beverly Hills cast to do the same. The source also added that Erica discussed the drama in her confessional notes. They are not sure if Bravo will air anything about the slurs. So... I read this and I saw it like across Instagram and I have seen a video of Paris. um, I believe it's Paris or Nikki um, using the N-word years ago. I haven't found any video of Kathy doing it. So I I don't, I can't say that for sure that I believe that. So obviously this makes me kind of concerned because it's never a good thing for this to be out there publicly like that. Um, It's never okay, you know, and I I don't want to turn this into a huge, you know, racially charged conversation just because that's not what I like to do on here. But I will say that if this is true, it's going to be really, really bad. And I really actually don't know if Bravo will end up showing that. Um, And I know that Kathy sent out, you know, or it supposedly sent out cease and desist. Um, We know that Bravo will, you know, they're not going to get themselves in legal, legal trouble. Let's just put that out there. But if they have certain film, you know, if they, if, if it's a big part of the storyline, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be on there. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see this Aspen trip play out. And, um, I, you know, here's the thing. Do I believe it? I don't want to believe it. But, um, you know, I this has, you know, been talked about for a while now. And it's, you know, in grave detail. So it's going to be very hard for it to be completely made up. Um, I do really want to know what what you know, the whole Rena conversation with Kathy is. um, First of all, if if the whole racially, you know, or I'm sorry, just the racial remarks, if that whole thing is true, um, I would hope that some of these ladies would, you know, not hide in their room and kind of stand up for certain groups. So so let's just put this out there. I hope that it's not true. But if it is, it's going to be really, really bad. So that's actually it for Beverly Hills. I'm going to move over to New Jersey. Just a few quick things to share. This is some crossover drama for you guys. So uh, New Jersey, I'm sorry, West Coast versus East Coast. We got OC and Jersey drama. Um, So Heather Dubrow from Orange County claps back at Margaret calling the Real Housewives of Orange County the worst Real Housewives franchise on Bravo. Um, Margaret recently shaded the OC Housewife franchise, claiming the cast does not mix well together. She also noted that the current OC cast just doesn't gel together as well as others have in the past. Um, which I think is a true statement, but we'll get into that in a second. Heather spoke with Daily Blast Live, where she said, well, first I would say, wow, so much for the sorority we're all in. That hurt. She also went on to explain I think where this show works the best to her point is when there is real connectivity amongst the cast and clearly if you listen to the audience and what they've been saying the last several years is that what is that that's what been oh my gosh is that that's what's been missing so that is one of the reasons I came back. She then admitted that O.C. is currently going through a transitional period and that the franchise will find its footing again in the near future. She said, I really think that this has been a very transitional season and by the end of the season it's going to be really great for the audience to see. And maybe Margaret too, that there is some real connected friendships that develop. And I think where we go from there is a very cool place. Um, I hope that she's not alluding to the fact that they're keeping the cast the same. I have heard rumblings about when the filming is starting. So, um, I mean, obviously I would assume that Heather is coming back, you know, just because she came back already. Um, I heard, and I want to share this with you guys, I heard on Tamara and Teddy's podcast called Two Teas in a Pod, they had a producer, Housewives producer, um, he's produced, uh, his name's Carlos King, by the way, if you know who he is. Um, He was a pretty big producer on Atlanta for about nine years, and he also worked on Jersey. And he said um, that his ideal cast for Orange County or what he thinks would save the show would be Heather, Vicky, Tamra, um Gretchen, and two new housewives. Now, um I actually think that, that would be a great idea. Um I I I would personally like to see, you know, I think I think that a lot of people are kind of um over Vicky, they're over Tamara personally i feel like we've missed a lot with vicky i feel like you know i was really looking forward to seeing her like more as a grandmother going to see brianna um you know traveling back and forth to mexico like i i wanted to see more of that and i think that i personally think that longevity on housewives is you know longevity consistency are really important however in the case of orange county i feel like they've made so many changes that it almost just needs a big change and then just, a, like, to settle down for a while because the cast just hasn't really worked for a couple seasons now. And I feel like they're trying to make it work and they're, you know... I know that they really do listen to the fans and I read a lot of the tweets that people send out where they're saying, bring back Tamra, bring back Vicky, don't bring back Vicky. Um, you know, like, I hear a lot of those... Um, I hear a lot of that stuff on social media and so I know that Bravo really does listen. But, um... You know, to, to Marge's point, I mean, I don't know if it's, you know, I don't know if I would go as far as to say it's the worst franchise. I mean, there's not a whole lot of options, but <laughs> I mean, I guess there is because we've got eight, nine franchises to watch. But um, I, I I, don't know if I would say that because I, I like all the, the franchises for different reasons. And OC, I think I really miss that... Um, I really miss the original cast. Like there's just no, there's no one original anymore. I feel like the friendships don't mesh. Um, I I even feel like Heather, like, you know, she, she was brought in and she's doing a great job, but at the same time, like you can just tell that it's, you know, it's becoming too sensationalized, you know, like Heather is coming back to Orange County housewives. Like I want it to be like a, like a, an organic cast and not just like we're bringing Heather back because she needs to save the show. Like I want, I want all these women to kind of, I I want the friendship to be there. I don't want it to just be like the, they just hire women. Um, so yeah, I went on a little bit of a tangent there, but that's my feelings on Orange County. (laughs) Speaking of casting on housewives, um, on the mention it all podcast, Melissa Gorga said that it would be crazy to think that she was the villain of the show um, she said I was a 31 year old girl with an opportunity just like every person in New Jersey at this point. She explained that Bravo had contacted her so, um, contacted so many women in New Jersey to be potential cast members that she and Joe would have been cast on the show. Um, She said, I'm not even going to lie. They've hit up every girl in Jersey. I know people love to say in the beginning, oh, it's because of Teresa or you wouldn't be here. I mean, do people think that if Teresa wasn't on the show and Bravo came to interview Joe and I, we wouldn't have made it onto the show, but all of these other people would have. I just feel like people are so silly when they say shit like that. It even sounds funny, like repeating it because, okay, let's get real here, guys. Y'all know I like Melissa and Joe. I like Teresa Here's the thing. I'm going to keep it real with y'all. Um, if Teresa was not on the show, like let's take Teresa out of the equation of last year, what did Melissa and Joe really bring to the show? Nothing. Okay? Um I think that it's it's good, like like I just said earlier, consistency and longevity, I totally get it. They're there. You know, we appreciate seeing them. We appreciate the story. We appreciate the longevity. We're committed. However, what did they really bring to the show that if Teresa wasn't there, they would be able to continue? First of all, I guarantee you that, you know, the relationship would go to shit. Uh, between Joe and Teresa if one of them was off the show. It just would. Because they already don't talk to each other that much and they're on a show together. Imagine if one of them was off the show, then they really wouldn't talk to each other. And that would be sad for all the kids and the cousins and everything. Um, And aside from that, what do they bring to the show that's so interesting? I don't understand it. Now, that doesn't mean I don't like them. I do like them. And I could keep saying this all day, but I just... I physically can't think of one thing that they have brought to the show... Other than the fact that they're always brought in somehow and tied to whatever Teresa is going through on the show. And I think it's even funny that, you know, Melissa says that, you know, do people really think that she wouldn't be on the sh- on the show if Teresa wasn't on there? And I really don't. I I feel like, I mean, the whole reason she was brought on the show was because there was drama going on in the Jude Ice Gorga family. That was the whole reason that Melissa and Joe were even hired on the show in the first place. And honestly, Joe was the spearhead of, you know, bringing husbands on the show. Like, that was a big thing. There was no, you know, I mean, families filmed, but there was no husbands at the reunion before. There was no, like, I feel like... You know, Jersey was one of those shows where Joe Gorga, I mean, he had that effect on that. But the reason they even got started on the show was because they had beef with Teresa and it was going to be good television. Let's be real. I don't think it was that Melissa really brought so much to the show. Um, Countless seasons. I can remember so many different seasons where Melissa's entire storyline had to do with a feud with Teresa. You know, a feud with, you know, her involving Teresa and and her brother. It was just... I can't think of an outward time where Melissa really brought something to the show other than a strained relationship with Teresa that's never been able to be resolved somehow, miraculously. So, um, I don't know. That's just my opinion, (laughs) y'all. Alright, so coming off the Louis High of the Jersey reunion... I want to just say this, I completely respect Louie for coming out there and doing a phenomenal job at the reunion, shaking everybody's hand, making amends, taking the higher road, bravo. Literally bravo. However, I'm going to share this report and I'm not going to give you guys my opinion on it because I think it's, you know, not even worth it at this point, but I will share you guys what's out there and what's in the press because, you know, it's going to get brought up at some point. Anyways, so page six reports that Louis allegedly pushed his ex-wife, Marissa DiMartino, into a poll during a heated argument in 2012. This news came to light after an uncovered police report was filed on October 5th, 2012, a day after the alleged incident occurred. So... um, Marissa reported that after her estranged husband dropped off the children, the two began to argue over finances. The dispute became heated and culminated when Louis pushed um, Marissa into a metal support pole in the garage. Um, This action took place in the presence of the couple's son. Marissa refused medical attention and was adamant that she did not wish to sign a charge. Um, She chose not to press charges against Louis, so no arrest was made. The alleged incident took place in Orangetown, New York, where Louis and his ex-wife lived with their two sons, Louis Jr. and Nicholas, before divorcing 10 years ago. This isn't the only incident the couple faced during their marriage. Supposedly on New Year's Eve 2010, Marissa filed another police report claiming that she and Louis had a verbal dispute that forced her to leave their home. Uh, Marissa states that she had a verbal dispute with Louis, her husband, and stated that they are going through a divorce. And Louis came to the house and got into an argument with her, and left. Um, and Marissa left the residence. Um, his ex-wife again declined to press charges, so no arrest was made. The former couple's relationship didn't improve even after their divorce. A third police report made by Marissa claimed that Louis shouted names at her in front of their kids during a custody exchange on June six, two thousand sixteen. Her words were, my ex-husband came to pick up my son at approximately six o'clock. He wanted to exchange words and I did not want to come to the door. He continued ringing and banging on the door till I opened, scaring my other son um, upstairs. She added that at drop-off, he shouted names in front of both children as he sped off with second son who who claims wants to live with him. In the same report, Marissa accused Louis of being abusive. And when asked if Louis ever threatened to kill her or their children... She checked the box for yes. She also checked yes for the question, has the physical violence increased in frequency or severity over the years? On top of that, she also accused Louis of being violently and constantly jealous of her. However, she denied that Louis ever strangled or choked her or beaten her while she was pregnant. Again, no charges were filed against Louis and no arrests were made. So you're probably wondering if Teresa or Louis have responded to this and a rep for Teresa and Louis could not be reached but a source close to the couple told Page Six. Despite going through a divorce several years ago, Louis and Marissa are in a very good place and are both very actively involved with one another in co-parenting their two boys. Marissa has met Teresa as Joe has met Louis. Everyone gets along. That's the real story. Well, there you have it, folks. Closing off with Jersey, Frank Catania spilled some tea when he appeared on a episode of the Morning Toast podcast where he confirmed the recent gossip about Jackie. Um, he said, I didn't know for sure, but I went out to dinner the other night with Jackie and Evan, and yes, I heard. Yes, all right, she is a friend of. Um, so... The Morning Toast host Jackie and Claudia said that they didn't agree with Jackie's demotion at all, and Frank agreed, noting that he felt Jackie had really grown into her own and had her best season yet. He said, I thought she had a great season. Not only did she come out with her respective eating disorder, which I know wasn't easy for her, but look at Jackie evol- evolving over time. She's been on the show. She came on as a timid little rabbit to the point where she now speaks her mind. I love Jackie. He also teased that Tracy and her husband Tiki got the axe and that Bravo was bringing in some new women for season 13. He said, I heard Tracy's gone. Nothing definitive ever here. Supposedly we have some new girls coming on this year. Just started filming. Meanwhile, Jackie hinted about a comeback days after Frank confirmed her demotion. She said, The comeback is always stronger than the setback. And it was a picture of her. So that is interesting. Um, I kind of had a feeling that that was going to happen. But um, I'm sure Frank got in trouble for revealing that for sure. (laughs) Moving on over to Orange County, just a few quick things to share. So a couple weeks ago, Jen, uh, Dr. Jen, She um, filed for legal separation from her husband of eight years after eight years of marriage. In the court filing, she cited that um, irreconcilable differences and listed her and Ryan's separation date as September 8th, 2021. She also requested legal and physical custody of their three kids. However, Miss Kelly Dodd seems to believe that Jen only filed for legal separation in hopes that it will score her a spot in the season 17 cast. Um, Kelly commented on the Bravo Housewives inter- Instagram page and said, doesn't mean they filed for divorce, dot, dot, dot. Just want another season with three hearts. Um, <laughs> so, um, speaking of Kelly Dodd, um, during an appearance on Jeff Lewis and Jeff Lewis's XM radio show, um, Kelly Dodd recently, um, slammed the latest addition to the orange county cast noella so according to kelly noella is fake and is just like bronwyn she also revealed that noella constantly calls for her calls her for advice about the show adding that noella is gorgeous but annoying she explains noella is just like bronwyn i mean she calls me all the time tries to get advice she's a nice person i just think she's fake and it makes me upset because i want people to like her um (laughs) she also says that there are no genuine friendships within the current cast Um, and it turns out that Kelly isn't the only one who isn't a fan of Noella. Tamra recently called Noella the village idiot, while Brandy Glanville dubbed the newbie phony. Brandy said, I just feel like it's too much too soon. Honestly, I think she's beautiful and everything, but we just started the season and she's already been breaking down at a restaurant and refusing to get out of the restaurant and making a scene. I'm just like, it seems too phony. Um, you know, I've said this about Bron- or I'm sorry, about, um, Noella, but- I think that she had potential to be a really great housewife, but I think that she is trying too much. I don't know why they hire fans of the show. Why can't they just find women who, you know, would be happy on the show or wouldn't be happy on the show? I feel like hiring fans like Bronwyn or Noella, it's just not working. Um, it's something like whoever casts Orange County just like doesn't do that good of a job. Um And I don't want to show in Orange County for another 20 minutes, so I'm just going to keep it light and short. But let's just say I agree with Kelly Dodd for once. (laughs) Last thing to share with Orange County. So Ashley Zarlin is up for becoming a Real Housewife almost 17 years after her mother, Lori Peterson, starred in the debut season of Orange County. She's 36 years old, and she is ready to follow in her mom's footsteps and expressed interest in joining OC while appearing on Watch What Happens Live as the episode's bartender. While chatting with Andy, Ashley marveled at, staying, at the staying power of OC, saying, I can't believe it's the first franchise. Like, we started it all. It's so crazy to see how big it's gotten. I love to see it. She then revealed, I'm still waiting for the opportunity to be the first legacy housewife. And Andy, basically, he was intrigued, replied, people always talk about Kara, but I'm looking at you. I know, but come on, Kara and I together, is what Ashley said. It would be amazing. And Andy said, I know. Later, Ashley shared a photo of her and Andy on Instagram and made it clear that she's manifesting becoming the first legacy housewife on Bravo. Um, I think that would be really interesting. By the way, she's gorgeous. Like, just, like, her outfit, her hair. I mean, she's got a little bit of plastic surgery done. But um, she's gorgeous. And, honestly, Kara has been through so much. Um, That would be, you know, that would be really interesting. Um, As far as, like, having them on the current cast... I don't know about that. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's you know like the age gap. The age gaps are really hard to to do on the show. I feel like it should be a genuine friend group. That would be interesting. I feel like they sh- they should look into that more. I'm gonna I'm gonna put that on the back burner. I feel like that would be kind of interesting to to grab you know to uh, <laughs> to, to explore. I should say. Now normally this is where I would sign off, but I have a little surprise for you guys. I am so happy to announce that I will be adding Vanderpump Rules to The Ultimate Breakdown. And if you're a Vanderpump Rules fan, welcome, because I'm going to give you a couple of quick tea, you know, interviews and whatnot. But anyways, um, I'm so happy to add Vanderpump Rules to The Ultimate Breakdown. I recently caught up on the entire show. Yes, I know it's crazy, but I went back and watched from season one all the way till season nine. And um, let's just say uh, it is definitely one of my favorite Bravo shows. <laughs> I think that um, the drama is just insane on the show. I mean, it was insane uh, all the previous seasons. Season 9, I you know, when they had the big firing with Stasi and Jax and Brittany, I think that was, you know, a really interesting decision to to kind of get rid of a lot of those main, you know, cast members. I understand that it was because of some racial issues that have surfaced Um, however, um, yes, I'm very excited to add Vanderpump Rules to the podcast, and so without further ado, I will, you know, uh, I will, um, christen the category by, um, (laughs) a quick, um, little tea interview with, um, Stassi. I don't know why I can't speak right now, I'm just kind of excited. So, um, starting off for Vanderpump Rules, it turns out that a Vanderpump Rules OG spinoff entitled valley rules was in the works at bravo at one point in time so the spinoff fell apart when the network fired stassi and Kristen in june of 2020 on um a recent uh podcast appearance that stassi did she confirmed the rumor um this was actually also on the morning toast where she revealed um or she was basically promoting her new book but according to stassi the Pump Rules spinoff show was set to start with her wedding in um, in Italy with Bo. Stassi and Bo's wedding would have transitioned the Pump Rules cast to their new show, Valley Rules, while introducing a new generation of servers on Pump Rules. Um, she said that they were going to slowly transition us and keep Pump Rules with a whole new cast of people who work at the restaurant, and so the rest of us would transition into this. The way the Vanderpump Rules started, where it was like Real house size of Beverly Hills and it transitioned into Vanderpump, that's what we were going to do with my wedding. So, that's not happening. Um, first of all, that would have been amazing. Because let's just, I mean, let's just break this down. I mean moving og cast members over to a you know a basically it's kind of like a Shaw's of sunset type thing where it's a, a friend group um that would be amazing and i would have loved to see Stasi, Bo, Kristen, jax Brittany. um i even think you know like sheena and brock like they should all move over lala like they should all move over to that um that would have been great and i'm so upset that that you know didn't come into fruition So at first I thought that this kind of was like, you know, not really going to happen or whatever. But then um, basically fast forward to 2022, like a couple, you know, weeks ago, rumors are continuing to swirl that a new Vanderpump Rules spinoff show is in the works. The rumor started when Lala appeared on the April 11th episode of Watch What Happens Live and Andy introduced her as Lala from Vanderpump Valley. Now, Lisa addresses the rumor in a new interview with E! News where she said, I don't think we're there yet, so I'm not saying we won't be one day, but no, I can't validate those rumors. Um, When it comes to the possibility of a reality show set around her new Vanderpump Paris restaurant, Lisa said that she's open to it. She said it would be a different show if we did a show here because I think it's always about the group and the friendship and how they all kind of grew up together, so it would be a different show, but of course it is a great canvas. Um... I, just quick things to comment. I think the Vanderpump Valley thing is a great idea, so I hope that really comes into fruition. As far as a Vanderpump Paris reality show, that would also be cool. Just, like, a whole, like, what about, like, Vanderpump Vegas show? Because there's also the Cocktail Garden in Caesars, which I have been to, and it's fucking beautiful. Um, I don't really know what the workers are like there, because, honestly, my server was, like, not really that nice when I went to the Cocktail Garden. Um, But, um, I don't know, like... I would be so interested if, like, there was, like, you know, drama going on in the, you know, in the workplace over there. Like, that'd be cool. I mean, listen, Lisa is... And I don't know if I've said this before. I know I've said this to, like, my friends and stuff. I always thought that Lisa was, like, an okay housewife. I feel like she was too contrived and too, like, you know, tried to, you know, control the storyline. However, I love her on Vanderpump Rules. I think that she is the boss I think that she's untouchable, she's the voice of reason, she's the one they always go to and talk to. So I actually like her more on her show than I ever did on Housewives. So if you don't watch Vanderpump Rules, I highly recommend you watch it because it's really entertaining. There's always some kind of drama going on, and um, I don't know, to me, I just I love it. I think it's great. But um, what I will say is that um, having all these spin-off shows for Vanderpump would definitely be interesting and uh, definitely wor- worth looking into for sure. So, a quick update on Jax and Britney. They were planning to leave Los Angeles behind nearly after a year being let go from Vanderpump Rules, but it turns out that they have changed their minds. Um, So, they do have a one-year-old son now. His name's Cruz. And they were preparing to move across the country for a fresh start in Clearwater, Florida. This move would have come three years after Britney and Jax dropped $1.9 million on their Valley Village home. Um, a Reddit user shared a cameo of Jax discussing his and Britney's plans to move to Florida. Jax said, we're going to move there shortly. We're just trying to figure out some logistics, but we will be moving to Clearwater and we can't wait. However, when a Vanderpump Rules fan asked Jax about the move on Twitter, he denied it. Um, the fan said, Jax, I heard you're moving back to Florida. Cruz will love Clearwater. Welcome back. And he replied saying, maybe one day, not anytime soon, though. And meanwhile, Jax has unfollowed former co-stars Stasi and Bo on Instagram. This comes after Jax and Britney did not attend Stasi and Bo's wedding in Italy. It's actually unclear why Jax unfollowed Stasi and Bo, but Britney continues to follow the couple. And as for why Jax and Britney did not attend Stasi and Bo's wedding, Bravo and Cocktails may just have the answer, which might have something to do with Jax's reported tax issues. So Bravo and Cocktails reported, I'm not sure if the cancelled bar star was invited to the ex-wedding. I do know that he had to give up his passport due to his IRS debt. Don't expect any international travel for his family anytime soon. LOL. Allegedly. Um, apparently as of 2021, Jax had a $1.2 million tax debt and his tax issues go back all the way to 2014. I don't know. I mean, it's kind of not surprising, but, um... That's kind of a bummer that they unfollowed. But, I mean, I did listen to a podcast episode recently with um, Brittany. Um, on, she was on uh, Behind the Velvet Rope with David Yontef. And she did say that she's still very close with Stassi and Bo. Like, their kids see each other all the time. So I can't imagine that their feud is that bad. That I think maybe Jax just, you know, I don't know. Jax is unpredictable. Who knows? Uh, but definitely, you know, I, I think, you know, they're going to be friends for a while, for sure. And lastly, for Vanderpump Rules, it seems that Randall is cleaning house after getting dumped by ex-Lala in late 2021. So Lala dumped her movie producer fiancé after he allegedly cheated on her during a trip to Nashville, and amid their split, Lala moved out of their multi-million dollar Los Angeles home. Now, almost a year later, Randall has put that home on the market for six point two nine five. Million dollars, according to the listing, the private compound located five minutes from the Beverly Glen Center is 4,200 square feet with four bedrooms and four baths. The home was remodeled by flipping out Chef Lewis and features beautiful views of the canyons, mountains, and a -a peekaboo view to the ocean. Um, I'm looking at the pictures and it's absolutely beautiful. I mean, we saw it on the show, but it just looks amazing when it's staged. Um, meanwhile, Bravo and Cocktails shared some photos on Friday, May 20th of Randall allegedly moving into an apartment complex, and the post also mentions that Randall was smoking and littering during the alleged move. Um, it's so sad that it couldn't work out because I know that Lala really loved him and it's kind of disappointing, but, um, good for her because she does not deserve to be cheated on, for sure. (laughs) Well, my friends, we have reached the end of the Ultimate Breakdown. I hope you enjoyed it. Here's your Flash filming updates. Atlanta is currently still airing on Sundays, but we will not be getting it this next Sunday. I believe it's coming back the following week. So they're taking a break off for Memorial Day weekend, I assume. Uh, Beverly Hills is currently still airing on Wednesdays. Miami is currently still filming. Jersey has commenced filming for their next season. Uh, New York, I have no update yet on New York casting, but I, I know it is underway. Orange County begins filming, I think, early June, so uh, we could probably expect a premiere date next year, like early next year. Um, Potomac is currently still filming. I think they're about halfway through. Salt Lake City has wrapped on filming and will probably air later this year. Um, And... Real Housewives Ultimate Girl Trip Season 2, sorry, I had to think about that, will be airing in late June, or I'm sorry, not airing, but streaming on Peacock, so download Peacock. And The Real Housewives of Dubai um, is airing June 1st with Beverly Hills. I believe it's going to be after Beverly Hills, so make sure to set your DVRs for that. And Vanderpump Rules has been renewed for a 10th season, and I have yet to hear what the cast is going to be like. I assume everybody's coming back, but I will let you guys know if I hear anything else. Um, But yeah, thank you guys so much for listening and I will talk to you soon.